for Breakfast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cake for Breakfast. We are your New York City-based morning show covering the top stories of the day, and we also interview celebrities and business leaders in a fun, accessible format. Think of us like The View, but for millennials. Cake for Breakfast covers Wall Street topics you hear about constantly but may not understand, like Bitcoin, NFTs, and SPACs. And we break them down in a way that you can confidently talk about them on your next date or social outing. I got you. We also cover the top stories in celeb news, which include, you know, Travis Barker, Shanna Mochler, all things Prince Harry, Meghan Markle, and the latest breakups, makeups, and more. If it's hot and it's happening, it is here. How's everyone doing today? Hopefully, if you're in New York City, you are dealing with this June heat wave that I just cannot stop talking about. It is the worst. Um, Did you guys see that the extra seat being auctioned off uh, on Jeff Bezos's rocket ship ride shot up to 3.8 million dollars like instantly basically after he announced that he would also be on the mission too I told you people are paying for the opportunity to be alongside him and honestly it might pay off I bet that person's gonna gain a lot of celebrity a lot of attention for being on that rocket ship ride I was thinking about it I kind of hope it's a woman right like I just feel like it's automatically gonna be like I don't know, some other Mark Cuban or some random billionaire like that, but it would be cool. Maybe like Bethany Frankel. I bet she could afford it. I feel like she got a hundred million dollar payday from her skinny margarita line. So Kim Kardashian posted photos of Kanye. It was his birthday on Tuesday saying, I will always love you, wishing him a happy birthday. All the sisters posted pictures saying, you're my brother. I must say very confusing i mean i know kim's on the show right now saying kanye deserves a wife who like wants to travel and be with him like which is a really awkward thing to say i don't think anyone like when they're going through a divorce thinks about like oh i hope he gets another woman like just not where your head goes unless maybe she's got her own thing going on but i don't know my take the whole time has really been I don't think they're actually getting divorced. I think he's got this ranch and he goes out there to blow off steam and then he leaves her with all the kids to take care of while he gets his space and then he comes back and sees the kids and takes them out to dinner and has a really fun time and then goes back to the ranch while like Kim's constantly left with all the kids, which must be tough for her. But she did file, but nothing has happened since then. So I guess we'll see what happens. All right, some Army Hammer news now. Wow, he's only 34. He does feel like a 40-something to me. Anyway, he tried discreetly leaving the Cayman Islands. So right after all that stuff came out about his cannibalism, he jumped on a one-way private jet out to the Cayman where his estranged wife, Elizabeth Chambers, is basically been living there for over a year now with their two kids. Army's family has very deep ties in the Cayman Islands. There was a school out there that was started by his grandfather, funded by his grandfather, and Army actually went to school out there too, so they have their two kids going to school there. And the Cayman is the ultimate lockdown for... corona so you can't you if you go there you have to like quarantine for two weeks get tested and then they they've done no masks so they took kind of a different approach to it so her idea was like i want the kids to be around normalcy not living in the u.s again rich people problems but hey it seemed to work for them anyway a very eagle-eyed fan actually saw army getting out of the car at the airport and they said that 
Army had an extremely emotional goodbye with his strange wife again, Elizabeth Chambers, and their two kids. And it looked emotional, they said. And Army then got on the plane, flew to a treatment center outside of Orlando. I don't know how these people find this stuff. Um, and then he checked himself in on May 31st, and this is all reported by Vanity Fair. And he did check into this facility to deal with drug, alcohol, and sex addiction. So I'm surprised he came back. The idea was he ran off to the Caymans to kind of escape, so to escape the U.S. So maybe he has to come back. Uh, Maybe this is his way of just saying, I'm going to try dealing with this. He has not been charged yet, but there is an ongoing investigation. I believe it's in New York from the House of Effie, the one who sort of like gave us all those very descriptive text messages about his cannibalistic behavior. Okay, lastly, the Bitcoin stuff going on is very confusing. I'm going to try to cover what I sort of piece together and understand, just so you guys have some idea because there's a lot of chatter about it right now. But basically, Bitcoin's taking these big dips right now. On Tuesday, it traded down almost 12%. I think it hit below 30K, which is sort of like the the number that everyone's nervous about it falling below. Anyway, the story is kind of wild. So basically what happened is there was this energy company. Energy company is like an oil and gas company that was hacked by a Russian company and took control of the gas lines. Do you remember May when like everyone was going crazy, the prices of gas were going so high? It's because this company um, hacked this oil and gas company that cut off, that gave a huge shortage of gasoline to Americans and that's why the prices were going so high which was kind of crazy I didn't really realize that anyway the company asked for a certain number of bitcoins and this company had to pay the ransom and then the U.S. government announced yesterday that they recovered almost 85 percent of the ransom money so far the idea with bitcoin trading down is that it's not as secure as people think that and there's a lot of reports that bitcoin pays for a lot of stuff on the black market which i think we all kind of knew um i think what's more interesting in this story is that there was this whole hacking situation this ransom payment all this stuff going on and everyone's kind of only talking about the price of bitcoin like we should maybe be focused more on that story and how the gas lines in America are getting hacked anyway. So just a quick couple updates for today because we've got a great interview. I have Rachel O'Brien on the show today. She's a stand-up comedian and actress and pretty big time. Like she's a very serious comedian. She is the host of the hit comedy podcast, Be Here For A While, which I just love. I sort of discovered her from there. Um, And then most recently, she's now in season three of her true crime podcast, Seven Deadly Sins. She's got beauty. She's got humor and a passion for comedy. It's taken her around the world. She's headlined in nine different countries already. And she has shared the stage with comedy legends like Whitney Cummings, Judd Apatow, and David Spade, just to name a few. Wow. She is a comedian first, but she has appeared on multiple seasons of Vanderpump Rules as a friend of the cast. Her parents had that Palm Springs vacation house that was famously featured on one of the cast getaways. I think it was like season two or three where all that drama unfolded. She was a bridesmaid in Katie's wedding, so she's been featured in the show quite a bit. Anyways, I really enjoyed Rachel. She is super funny, super down to earth, super smart, and I look forward to sharing this interview with you guys. All right, let's welcome Miss Rachel O'Brien to Cake for Breakfast. Hey guys, are you 
experiencing any of the following. Job anxiety, boyfriend drama, eating your way through the pandemic, self-medicating with drinks, or Xanaxing yourself to sleep? I know what you were thinking. Everyone has these problems and you just have to push through or ignore them. Well, I tried that throughout my 20s and you know what? They were still there by the time I turned 30 and then a friend told me a little secret. Therapy isn't just for depression. And let me repeat myself again. Therapy is not just for depression. Sometimes it is for a single issue like anxiety or stress or compulsive disorders like biting your nails or nonstop eating. Sometimes it provides a sounding board about your annoying boss. Sometimes it's there to give you new tools to tackle old problems like drinking too much. Sometimes it is just there to help you sleep. And sometimes it's there to help you learn how to communicate better with a difficult boyfriend or girlfriend. As you guys know, BetterHelp is our sponsor. And for just $200 a month, you can get a weekly session to help you sort out that bad boy addiction or help you with the midnight cookie binging. Maybe you're reluctant to try therapy and I get it, but then BetterHelp is the place to start. BetterHelp could not be simpler. Everything is done over the phone from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Nobody has to know that you are embarking on this journey to wellness, but be assured that people will notice the changes. This honestly might be the greatest deal you will ever get, seriously. For comparison, in New York City, you would pay $400 per session. That's $1,600 a month. No, you heard that right, $1,600 for four sessions. Like, who can afford that? At BetterHelp, we all can afford it. My focus this month has been on healthy weight loss. With summer coming up, I wanna look my best. I am down nearly 10 pounds thanks to the work I have done with my therapist. Yes, a therapist can help you strengthen your mind to beat those bad eating habits. All right, guys, I hope you will give BetterHelp a shot. I promise it's going to make your life so much better. You can contact BetterHelp at betterhelp.com slash Kate. That is betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash cake. Or you can DM me. This link will be in the bio in today's show. So get in touch and start working with them today. Cake for Breakfast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Cake for Breakfast listeners will get 10% off their first month. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash cake. Rachel, welcome to Cake for Breakfast. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Thank you so much for coming on. You're like the LA girl. I'm like the New York City girl. I love the collab here. And I feel like our style is very, like you're wearing pearls. Like you look like an Upper East Side, like I don't socialite. And I'm in like a crop top that I shouldn't be wearing past the age of 30, but I am. That's funny. That's funny. You look great. You look Thank very you. beautiful. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Give us some flavor on Rachel. Okay. Um, I grew up in a super small town in Oregon. Uh, well, I guess, well, 10,000 people I'm sure is considered very small for a lot of people. That was like where I went to grade school, which is Astoria. But then I went to high school just over the bridge in a place called Warrington that was like 3,000 people. My graduating class had like 50 something, like small. Um, but like I <laughs> small never town felt girl. super small town because that's just like not how my parents were. Like, well, my dad is kind of small town, but my mom is so not. And so I always just felt like, oh yeah, this is just where I grew up, but I will go yeah. do whatever I want afterwards. Um, <laughs> I even said it in my eighth grade yearbook. It's pretty embarrassing. Like, you know, like the, the prophecies when you graduate eighth grade, like what are you going to be yep. when you grow up? Mine was like, 
it was weird. It was like I was going to go on a road trip in a rainbow-colored Volkswagen van, own and run my own Studio 54, and then move to L.A. and be a famous actress and never look back. So I was weird. Well, you got yourself onto TV. That's a goal there post that go. not a lot of people hit in their yeah. lifetime. Yeah. So congrats I was, to you. I was weird, but I felt like I was destined for who knows. You got it done. Yeah. Where'd you go to school? Did you go to school or come right to LA? I went to University of Oregon, but I graduated in three years. So I was moved nice. to LA like really quickly. But then, my parents wouldn't it, let me move there uh, until I graduated. Actually, they really didn't even let me. I just moved to L.A. after college. <laughs> what were you doing then when you got to L.A.? I told them I had, well, I said I had a job interview. It was, I think it was an internship. It was all a big lie. Uh, I think I went, actually met with an agent instead of doing that. But I called them and I was like, I have to start the job like tomorrow. So can you move my stuff down? Um, and I maybe did the internship or whatever for like a week and then got a waitressing job. <laughs> got it. Got it. Not at Sir. Did you work at Sir? No. No. Just somewhere in L.A. Um, OK, so you are one of the female OGs in the podcasting space. There's like you, Hannah Burner, Jackie Schimmel from Bitch Bible. Like I feel like all you girls kind of came into the space at the same time. What brought you here? Because when you started a podcast, I didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I barely did. I mean, they'd been around for like a few years before I started mine. But you it were was, 2016. Yeah. But yeah. it was like being being a comedian, a lot of uh, comedian friends of mine already had podcasts and um, Stassi had already had a podcast and I guessed it on hers a bunch. And so I kind of like, that's how I kind of knew what it, you know, they were. And then it just felt like a logical next step. Like literally every single comedian pretty much already, they didn't already have one, but I would say like the the big people were already starting them. Mm-hmm. And so it just felt like, oh, that's what you do. And then Saucy had one. And so I was able to like kind of see how it worked and like it wasn't that difficult. It's just recording equipment and you talk. I love the scene on Vanderpump Rules where you bring all the equipment over and you're like showing everyone what to do. I was like, that is the OG of podcasting. Rachel started podcasting. I'm dead serious right now. I do not remember that. Did that happen on the show? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 100% sure actually because I posted about it. That's so weird. I do not remember that. I was like, that is so cool. I love that. Okay, so you, when between getting to so LA funny. and becoming one of the first gals in this space, you were doing stand-up, you're doing waitressing, you're doing sort of everything to get into Hollywood and entertainment, right? Yeah. 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 I and mean, then f- I didn't do waitressing for very long. That was like, I was yeah. a terrible waitress. I, yeah. Um, but then you became a stand-up. You're a very well-known stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was, I started doing stand-up and managing apartment buildings for a long time while I was building my stand-up career. It took like probably five years before I made money in stand-up. So, you know, had to have a side job. Had to have a side job too. I mean, like real money, obviously. Like No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's sort of the stand-up thing, right? You're like selling tickets, trying to get people, and you're writing your own shows. It's literally like producing a podcast at the same time, right? Yeah, Yeah. everything I do, I feel like I do completely myself. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you're always audience building. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you like being a stand-up? Are you still doing it, or have you sort of pivoted away from it a bit during the pandemic? Stand-up's my absolute favorite thing in the world to do. I mean, I love my new podcast too, but I mean, there's nothing like being on stage. I mean, during the pandemic, couldn't do stand up. Couldn't do it, yeah. And now that things are just starting to open, like, yeah, I'm starting to try to book shows and everything. But it's weird. It was weird not to do it for a year. Oh, I come to LA a lot, so I can't wait to come watch you sometime. Because sure. yeah, I just I sort of like got interested. Oh, you you come out and perform out here. Oh, Where yeah. do you perform here at the comedy club? I've performed um, pretty much everywhere. Everywhere got besides it. the cellar, pretty much. Um, West Side Comedy Club, uh, Gotham. I don't know, all cool. of them pretty much. Yeah. 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 I live right by the Strand. So oh, okay. cool. I, I, I see lots of uh, action happening there. Okay. So you have two podcasts. Your first one 
I felt like when I, I've been following along, you have such great guests on it. It sort of started out as almost like a Bravo. You had a lot of Bravo people on there. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like it like kind of, it, it had this evolution into, you know, you had powerful female guests on. Can you talk to us a bit about the evolution of the podcast? At the beginning, were you just kind of booking your friends that were around you? And then you grew into sort of like more of a direction into a bigger yeah. Sp- space? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, it was a lot of like having my friends on my Vanderpump friends. Um, yeah. But then I... Rachel had everyone, you guys. You had housewives. You had Vanderpump people. You had, like, the whole gamut on the show. Yeah, and sometimes, like, I, like, you know, like, publicists for various housewives would reach out to me and be like, well, you have this person on as a guest, and I'd never seen the show, so I'd have to, like, watch the show for a little bit uh, before I accepted having them on or whatever, had them on. Um, I guess it just kind of got to the point where it's, like, I didn't want my brand to be... Vanderpump or Bravo because I wasn't really involved they were just my friends like I wasn't Mm -hmm. you know you know I self-admittedly used the show for what it was like a little bit of publicity but it wasn't anything Mm -hmm. I was never super involved I was never a main cast member I never wanted to be um and so I just kind of felt like if I keep doing that then it's just kind of like oh then all I am is like their Vanderpump friend which I I'm not, and I had a, a, you know. Yeah, you went from, like, Vanderpump and Housewives to Amanda Knox. I was like, that is a transition. (laughs) Well, I also (laughs) really got super super interested in true crime. But, yeah, yeah, it was just sort of like I didn't, and I, I, to be perfectly honest, like, I'm not a personality type that likes talking about, like, drama-y type stuff. And, like, I really don't even pay that much attention to pop culture. So it was, like, kind of a stretch. Okay, you're on the wrong podcast here, then. We're all pop culture (laughs) and drama. (laughs) So, well, well, you know. Um, but it, so just it just jokes. sort of, it was like hard for me to like care about certain things after a while where I'm just like, I don't really care that you're fighting with that person. And so <laughs> I don't know. I just sort of like, I thought that that's what people wanted from me. And then after a while, I was just like, I don't really care if they don't like that I'm going in a different direction because I care about the stuff I'm talking about. Yep. So yeah. And then that's pretty much how I eventually just started doing the true crime podcast. The true crime stuff. Yeah. But before, um, before we go there, I was curious, how many years did it take? Because podcast is a side hustle. It's a side hustle, it's a, but then it turns into a full-time job. How many years did it take for you to go from um, just kind of starting it out, doing it as a side hustle along with all your other stuff into sort of what you grew your show into, which is, I think you have a really big show now. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I would say I got in fairly early so it happened quicker I think than it would had I started now so that makes sense I'll be here for a while yeah yeah Yeah, be here for a while like um so I think I started making money within like six months but again it was there wasn't you know five billion podcasts out there so it was yeah (laughs) and they also like um counted downloads different and whole whole other thing so I started making money on it pretty quickly were you running um, the whole business by yourself, like finding advertisers, finding sponsors, all that stuff? Uh, at first, uh, some advertisers reached out to me and then I was just sort of fielding them. But then within maybe like eight or nine months, I signed with Wondery. It was my first network and then Audio Oh, Brew. congrats. Oh, thank you. Um, wow, yeah. Wondery's going to be number one soon with the Amazon acquisition. Yeah. But they, yeah. Kind of, they kind of pivoted into mostly like true crime as well. So yeah. Yeah. So anyways, and I, now I'm with Audio Boom. Um, yeah. And so... Yeah, for a while I was doing it myself, but then the, you know, the network's just handled Somebody came in, yeah. Rachel, we are really excited about your new podcast, Seven Deadly Sins. For those of us who don't know about the show yet, can you give us a little bit of background and what to expect in season three that you're dropping now? Okay, perfect. Uh, So background is, like, yeah, like I said earlier, I was uh, getting, like, obsessed with true crime, but I kind of needed to, like, narrow it down. Like, I, 
if I like just did, you know, okay, I'm just going to do a true crime show. I would have been all over the place. I'd have been like, I'm going to do a serial killer today. Tomorrow I'm going to do this scammer person. And the, you know, so I narrowed it down. Um, actually, my mom helped me where she's like, why don't you cover like false prophets and preachers or whatever? So the first season was mostly like televangelists who commit crimes. And then it evolved into... And this guy, I was listening to that episode just a short while ago. Like this guy was like, give me $1,000 and I'll get rid of your psoriasis on your face. Oh, pretty it was much. like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so can also, follows, like, yeah. I can also heal, heal AIDS through the TV. You would have people like put their hand up. To the, like just such bullshit. They're just such yeah. scam artists. So then it kind of evolved into like the second season was like preachers and religious leaders who like actually committed murder. There was a priest that murdered a nun, all this stuff. And then, um, and some cult leaders. And then this season has been kind of all over the map, but same thing, like creepy cult leaders, televangelists. Um, and it's really crazy that the content is not running out. Like there's a lot of uh, false prophets that have done some really bad things. Who do you think is the craziest one you have encountered so far? Like in your research, you're like, how is this person like even a human? Like this is the devil. I would say, well, in terms of like funny crazy, I would say Robert Tilton. Like I could watch him all day long. He's just, he's such a liar and he's so insane with like his antics, like pretending he's speaking in tongues and he's just over the top. That's like a funny one. I mean, he did really bad things to people too, but not as bad uh, as some of them. Like the ones that are like, I mean, the guy I'm covering now, I actually thought was going to be. So I chose him for season three before I really researched him. Can you tell us a bit about who it is? Yeah, his name is Michael Wayne Ryan. And he ran like a very small cult in the Midwest in Rulo, Nebraska. And I just thought, oh, it was going to be this like small town cult dude. I did not realize the like torture and whatever he put some of his people on the murders he committed like. I truly was like, oh, this will just be a quick light one. It's now turned into a three-parter. And the episode I'm writing, this is the last one uh, today, is like, it's taken me so long to write it because I literally can't get through it. I'm just like so disgusted. (laughs) And where does the inspiration for this come from? Like, where do you find your people? How do you go? What's your research, excuse me, process about going about writing the episodes? I really try to find people that um, are not well-known, that have not been covered a ton or really covered at all. I go down like so many rabbit holes. Like fortunately I loved school. That's why I graduated in three years. Like I could study totally. all day long. So yeah. <laughs> this is right up my alley. Like the research phase is my favorite. Like I I probably research more so than I need to just because I'm trying to avoid the actual writing part. But <laughs> but it's, yeah. So it's just, I, I don't know. I, I like to find, I read books about each case if it's been written, but I'll even go further if it's like, there's no book about the case, but like let's say for example... In this one, I was trying to understand why normal people would all of a sudden turn evil and follow this dude and do bad things to their friends at the, you know, because this dude said so. And so then I started researching the Stanford prison experiment and which was basically a study of like, oh, it's crazy. In like the seventies, this uh, teacher at Stanford set up this prison experiment where he took regular students who volunteered made half of them prisoners, half of them guards, and they were in a, like a fake prison scenario. And they knew they were acting as each one. Of them. But being in a position of power changed the prison guards so quickly. They became like, they like tortured their, like, and he had to shut down the experiment. It was supposed to last like two weeks. He had to shut it down after like six days because the And pow- these are kids that like got into Stanford without being like fake water polo players. Yeah. This is like the OG 100%, Stanford just like regular, kids. <laughs> yeah, regular kids who like- Were they just, being paid well? No, 
it, they were all maybe being paid like fifteen dollars a day or so. It was like something. It was just the psychology of like, oh, I'm a guard and you're a prisoner now, and like how quickly they changed. It's really very crazy. Army Hammer vibes is given off. Right oh now. yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. God, how scary is that? So Nevixium would fall into your your sort of category bank, right? Are yeah, you choosing yeah. to stay away from that one because it's so sensationalized? Is, yeah, or would that just, be something you want to do? I mean, it's just everyone's done it, I feel like. So I just, I don't know, maybe eventually. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. a lot there's enough there yeah okay so we're getting we're getting excited about this guy he is uh you're uh, you're unveiling a lot of things what episode are you at right now uh on him it's it'll be yeah. the, the third one will come out tomorrow the tomorrow, third the third it, one it. that is uh, maybe only a quarter of the way written it's gonna somehow come out tomorrow <laughs> oh got it okay yeah we have to get you going we have to get you on well i'm really i do really it's like this fault. show um okay. what else interests you is there any women that you've come across that are kind of crazy or because oh, yeah. i feel like it's been all men so far right uh no there was uh jane whaley this like crazy she's like apparently a, a church leader but really she's a cult leader and she's insane um are you do is part of your initiative to sort of bring awareness to how crazy the religious people are that are outside of like normal Christianity or you know uh yes and no it's more just like an, like it isn't like an anti-religion podcast because I actually yeah. believe in God and I you know respect people that do it's more the people that prey on um people's vulnerabilities and, and mm-hmm. their and their belief in God and like someone's like oh I'm gonna pray on that get money out of them or control them or get sex out of them or whatever um, that's more what it is. It's what really bothers me about it. Cause there's people left with nothing. I mean, there's, yep. yeah. So any other cases that you've looked at that you might want to tap into? Oh, I have so many. So I have, many. Like, okay. I, well, like I have a huge list and like some of list. them can branch off. Like they s- sort of have to have some sort of religious or kind of cultish element. But like, I mean, I even did a, a, like a series on Columbine because a lot of like, you know, there was some false stories about how, you know, they killed the kids cause they believed in God and all this stuff. So what's that? I don't know about this. Well, it was a kind of a false report originally where um, they the kids they, killed themselves at the end, didn't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, like, so, the, so like basically like they they apparently asked a student, like, do you believe in God? And she said yes. And then they allegedly shot her. But it was like a different student. So my point my point uh, is like Columbine's not necessarily a church thing, but it had yeah. somewhat of a religious element. Right, right, right. I get what you're saying. Okay, well, I am getting blinded by the ring. So can we chat for a second about the new fiance? Congrats. So <laughs> you and you your so man much. work together. You guys work together yeah. on the podcast. And mm-hmm. how did you meet? We met originally. He was the sound editor on Be Here for a while. Like uh, it, the girl that it. was working with me at the time knew him and got him to edit my sound. And then he was basically like my friend for three years. And then we started writing a script together and got closer. And I didn't know he liked me the whole time. Um, what was the script? Like a movie script? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Um, I mean, Aww. we didn't make it anything yet. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So we, but it's there. I really appreciate that we were like friends before because I feel like I dated about every person in Los Angeles. And <laughs> well, let's dig into that one. for a minute. I think we're the same age. We've both had fun in our 20s in both New York and L.A. What was your dating experience like in L.A. up to meeting your man that you are with now? I mean... I dated some bad guys, but to be honest, for the most part, I had a blast. I mean, yeah. it was it was. What was fun your type? God, I really didn't have one. I I liked who liked me usually. Um, <laughs> I never really I never really had a type. Like I kind of dated all over the map, different ages, different like you know 
really successful guys, guys that I supported, you know. Were you into more like entertainment guys or were you into uh, model type guys, oh, businessmen? Oh God, not men? model, what was not your, model no. type. I would say entertainment guys and uh, like businessmen. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to that, avoid that in LA. Yeah. I've heard that dating in LA, you date the pretty guys. In New York, you date the smart guys, but they're both equally the same kind of asshole group. Pretty much. <laughs> but I actually never really went after like the pretty guys. Like I was not into like the model type. Not your scene, not your scene. How did your engagement go down? Oh my God, it was so cute. I thought that I was going on this Joshua Tree, like Airbnb trip with just me and Greg and Kristen and her uh, boyfriend, Minash. Kristen Doughty from Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Yeah. And Kristen, who is like the worst at keeping a secret, I am shocked she was able to. So Greg had planned this whole thing. And I even talked to Kristen like the day before because she was telling me we should pack cute outfits because we never leave the house and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I really want to look nice because I have this weird feeling that like Greg might propose. And then she was like, oh, you guys have talked. And her response was, you guys have talked about getting married? Like, that's crazy. I was like, oh, well, I guess. And then so then in my head, I was like, then I guess not. Like if she's not even leading on that she would know something. Leaking out, yeah. 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 So I totally didn't think it was happening. And then so we we get to Joshua Tree and – like, it was so quiet, and we couldn't figure out how to check in to our, like, cabin. I was like, well, Greg, like, where's the host? Like, and where's Kristen and Minash? He said, I think they're going to be late or whatever. And then he just, I, like, turned around, and he was on one knee. He proposed. And then all of, like, uh, not all of my best friends, but, like, two of my childhood friends were there. Kristen and Minash, like, they all jumped out from, like, Greg and oh, flown them so in. And, yeah, it was really cute. That is so, he flew them in? Uh, well, I guess one of them is a flight Help attendant, them, so she yeah. flew herself yeah. in. But yeah, he arranged <laughs> all these people to come and be there. And, and he, he booked out this huge ranch that, and everyone stayed and we hung out all weekend. It was really nice. Oh, nice. And you were like the queen of the weekend with your big rock on your hand. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) What is the Joshua Tree experience about? As New Yorkers, we do not follow. We see it on Instagram. We just don't know about it. Is it like going to Palm Springs for the weekend? No, it's like a really magical experience. Like it's. It's hard to Is explain, mushrooms like, always involved? Oh God, no, I don't, I don't do no. drugs. It's so not me. <laughs> I feel like when I said magical, that's probably what that sounded like. Yeah, no, not that a, is not what a, it sounded like. <laughs> not a drug gal over here. I don't even smoke weed. But um, no, it's magical in the sense of like, you've never seen a place that looks like this. Like I remember the first time I went there, I was thinking like, oh, it's just going to look like the desert, like Palm Springs that I'm always in. And when you drive in, you're like, you feel like you literally went back to like prehistoric times. Like it's, it's so crazy looking. Just and the houses are magnificent there, aren't they? It's like you can rent those like big homes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even just like the park and the desert, it's like there's these huge rocks. Like you literally are like, is a dinosaur gonna crawl over that hill? Like it's so oh really crazy looking. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is funny. Um, okay, before we let you go to go finish up our episode for tomorrow, let's talk a couple Vanderpump stories here, if you don't mind. No I I love the season of Katie's wedding, and you were very involved in that. You were at the bridal shower in the wedding. Do you have like a favorite moment from filming? Or one of the favorite scenes or something you thought was really funny? Uh, I mean, the wedding was just absolutely like gorgeous. Gorgeous. And Katie and Tom were the most low key bride and groom. Like it was just a really, really like fun, wonderful, like chill experience. Um, I would say like just one of like the funnier, but also slightly scary memories is Stassi and I got lost driving there in the middle of nowhere. We lost cell phone service. We literally had to like, you know when you're you have like your Apple Maps or whatever, yeah. you can still follow the blue dot, but like if you don't have service, it's not like telling you where to turn. So we literally like navigated our way through the woods to get there. 
Um, so that was. They didn't catch that on camera, but that would have been pretty funny, right? They ca- they caught us like. Well, we were filming a little bit in the car, and they caught yeah. us like pulling up to the. Um, pulling up to the house and like freaking out, being like, no one cared that we almost died, but yeah. <laughs> Where was their wedding again? Was it up north? Yeah. Northern like, California? I would say, like, maybe an hour from, like, Reno, Tahoe area. Like, in yeah. the, uh, it was in California, but it, I think people flew into the Reno, Tahoe. So, like, yeah, in the woods Katie struck me as the most chill bride. She was just she like, was it's okay. so chill. I literally, literally never saw her freak out once. She was, I mean, just chill and happy. Okay, Cake for Breakfast is a pop culture top stories of the day show. I know you're not a pop culture no, girl. No, I, I know some things. <laughs> but we got to get your take on a couple stories that we are covering right now. Bitcoin, do you do any investing? Are you into trading? Yeah. Are you excited about it? Oh, really? Maybe. I actually used do you... to day trade a long time ago. Not not, okay. not Bitcoin, but like just as like a hobby. No, but my, uh, my fiance is pretty into it and like he got me into it. So I've invested a little bit of money, but I like rarely check it. And that's why she's got the big ring on her finger, the fiance yeah. buying up some good <laughs> trades. Nice. You do like day trading. You do. It's in your sort of like workflow in that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to actually have more time to do it because it was fun yeah. to like watch the charts. But watch I you make money until yeah. you lose it. And then yeah. you're like, damn it. I know. It's essentially gambling. <laughs> um, Ellen leaving. Ellen's a stand up. Is she one of your influences? Do you like her as a comic? I think she's stand-up? so funny. And I yeah, mean, I, I know agree. that like people, she's got a bad reputation for being mean. I don't know a ton about it, but I think she's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Free Britney. Where do you stand on that? Free Britney. I feel so bad for her. Free Britney. <laughs> yeah. Free she's Britney, such, literally. Like, she's such a sweetheart. Like she just looks like so painfully sweet. And like, I just feel like so many people took such advantage of her. I just feel such terrible for her. her. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So where can we find you? So you've no stand-up dates in New York yet, even though we are at 100% capacity now, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't so have any yet. Soon? So I just yeah. have started kind of planning it now. You let it us sort know. Of, yeah. It's sort of just it. All of a sudden, everything opened up. So literally this week, Cuomo's, I don't know about what Gavin Newsom's doing. Where's he at? Are you guys we, no mask? Think, We're mask free. I think we will be like mid-June or something. Mask free Or where I guess it's like if you've been vaccinated, which I don't know how they can tell if you have or haven't but they can't i went into italy like ripped the mask off it felt like i took my bra off in public oh I was my like, god what so is going funny. on right now i love italy oh my god it's yeah you guys place. you guys opened some up in la now too yeah we have one there i've been to the one in new york i've been to one in boston i think i love italy it's great yeah mm-hmm. it's great okay so seven deadly centers drops on saturdays we're waiting for i'll be here to come back mm-hmm. um and we'll see your stand up when you come through new york yes thank you thank I'm you excited. so much rachel i'm for excited to meet you today. in person let me know when you're ever in california me too woohoo